one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career render. Just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Recorded live in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program. Sports talk without the trash talk. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson, and yes, the program is indeed recorded live. We are, in fact, living and breathing as we record this week's show. Thanks for being with us on this third weekend of August 2018. Man, Zach, the summer is just quickly passing by. Yeah, it is. Some of you have reached out to me wondering what's going on, and I, I thank you for your concern. I, I thank you for missing us. It's nice to actually be missed. We had taken a few weeks off to sort of recharge and get some extra time with our families over the summer. To be honest, though, for me, in my role in sports ministry at G&T Sports Park here outside Rochester, New York, our time away from the studio actually coincided with our busiest time of the year there mm-hmm. at the park. Now, I'm not asking for sympathy or pity, but several weeks of 10 to 15-hour days for six or seven days a week, man, it's that's not unusual, and it gets old pretty quick. I mean, you can't do all of that and also prep for a radio show yeah, at the same time? That's why the break was good. It's been real good, and extending it into August gave me time to get a few days away with my wife. We got a great trip here about a week ago. We went down to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and that was fun. Got into Asheville, North Carolina. Saw the Biltmore Mansion, the Vanderbilt Mansion down there. Oh, yeah. My wife is reading this series of books. And if you know my wife, she she loves books. It's got to have mm-hmm. a map to it. And she just wanted to go see this mansion where the books are set. And it's beautiful. We also had a chance to visit Pigeon Ford, Gatlinburg area. And that's just tchotchke tourist trap there. But it was, <laughs> it was good. It's like Niagara Falls. But it's like good fun. A lot of the same things you saw in Niagara Falls you saw there such as the Ripley's, believe it or not. We went to the Ripley's Aquarium, and that, that was a good time. They had this shark tunnel that you could get in, and it, it was pretty cool because there were sharks going over your head, and yeah. really a good look at them. That was a good time. Is that the one in Pigeon Forge? Just uh, yeah, Pigeon Forge sort of stretches into Gatlinburg, so it's all the same thing okay. in well, my opinion. We're probably going to be there next year, so I'm excited to go see oh, the Oh, it was fantastic. And I don't know if this would be up your alley, but we went and saw a Dolly Parton show, the same show we saw in Branson, Missouri. That Horses, is, you know. That, that is that the opposite of, of my alley. Yeah. <laughs> we did get time to get to the Attica Rodeo before we left. Uh, we've done that each of the last few years. So we've we've gotten some things done here as – We've taken the time off. Been a good break for me, but I'm glad to be back here in the studio. Glad to be back with you and our listeners. But what about you? What have you been up to? Not a lot. Uh, you know, mowing the grass, chasing the kids around, getting the slip and slide out. Sounds like good times. Went to see some movies. Yeah, it's uh, been to see some baseball. My dad and my brother and I took a weekend trip to Cleveland. We stopped in Canton for the NFL Hall of Fame. And then the next day we were in Cleveland for a Yankees and Indians game. Uh, it was a nice little trip. Nice little getaway. One thing about the Canton Hall of Fame, the Football Hall of Fame, what was your one thing that really blew you away? Oh, man. Uh, well, trying to get out was really difficult. Finding the exit was hard. Uh, <laughs> I liked the multimedia displays, the videos and the digital screens and stuff. I thought they did a really good job with that. 
Well, as I say, it's good to be back. Good to be back in the studio. And why don't we get to doing what it is that we get paid a stupid amount? Just they pay us a stupid amount of money to do this. <laughs> that's no money, which is stupid. And that's talk sports. What a race it has turned out to be in the American League West and the wild card chases. While most thought the defending champion Houston Astros were going to win the division handily, the Oakland A's are hanging tough. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Seattle Mariners are doing their best to stay in at least the wild card race. I think yeah. the division's probably a little out of reach for them. But they find themselves in a battle out in Oakland. Earlier this week, they were playing Oakland, three-game series, two teams battling it out close in the standings, division rivals. The only thing is, hardly anybody went to the games, mm-hmm. and they were terrific games. At home on Monday, the A's won 7-6 to six in front of 10,400 fans. 10,000 fans and you, went to the game. You may not know it if you're on the East Coast or this area of the country like we are, but that Oakland team is a lot of fun, a lot of really good young talent, especially on the hitting side. And a team like that deserves to have a full stadium. They are a team worth watching, and it's just mind-blowing that they can't get people to go. A great game on Monday, 7-6, Yays won. They got 17,000, just over 17,000 on Tuesday in a 3-2 to two win. That's a huge crowd for and, them. Right, and you might be thinking that 17,000 isn't bad for a random Tuesday, but this is a playoff-caliber game against a, a mm-hmm. division rival that, as I say, you are fighting in the standings on that same random Tuesday that the A's got 17,000, the lowly Orioles, the 50-some games out of first place Orioles, drew over 20,000 for a game against another p- pathetic team, the New York Mets. Yeah, and they have nobody even worth seeing, and they the, got that many The fans. Padres drew almost 22,000 for a game against the Angels. The Twins, 12 games out of first. Under 500, a team many, including myself, thought would challenge to be in the playoffs for the second year in a row, drew 28,000 for a game against the Pirates. All games with no significance uh, on the on the playoffs, but the A's couldn't get fans to come watch them play a game against a rival. They got about 17,000 again on Wednesday when their game with the uh, Mariners were, was scoreless, going into extra innings. As I say, these were three terrific games. Seattle salvaged out with a 2-0 victory in the 12th inning, but hardly anybody in Oakland seemed to care. And remember, earlier this year, they had a game uh, where they got just over 6,000 people to show up. Not for nothing. I, I Look, I know it's New York, but the Yankees drew more fans for one game against the Tampa Bay Rays than Oakland did that entire series against the Mariners. And you know I dislike seeing teams relocate, but come on, people need to go to the games. Yeah, you can't tell me that they wouldn't draw more fans if you moved them to Vegas. You can't justify expansion when teams are drawing like the A's are. You're absolutely right. Move them to Vegas. Join the Raiders. Maybe you can get a moving deal. I I don't know. And, of course, I'm being somewhat hypocritical about this because, yeah, I think people should go to the games, but I know that I wouldn't. And maybe that's because I live seven hours from my favorite team, so I'm not really interested in going to see the Yankees. Not not to mention that going to the Yankees, you have to – you practically have to auction off all your worldly possessions just to be able to go to the game. But for me, the experience on TV is just so much better. Yeah, I agree. If there were a team in Buffalo, I'd probably go, though. You know, if it was closer than seven hours away, I'd probably mm-hmm. go. I go to a couple Sabres games every year. The drunken fans you have to deal with, is just it's really part of the problem for yeah. me. It's just it really makes it uh, – it makes it a drag to go deal with that sort of nonsense, but 
The main the, the main reason is the product is just so much better on TV. The tiebreaker for me is if you stay home and watch on TV, you don't have to wear pants. So, I mean, it well, just that's, that's an awkward visual. If you would like to contact the show, probably the best way to do that is message us through social media or by visiting our website, btgprogram.com. At BTG Program is where to find us on social media. I want to thank you for being with us. We're going to let you hear from a few of our sponsors who help us pay the bills. But when we come back, Zach will give us this week's shenanigans statements. And coming up later in the show, we'll be letting you know what it is that we liked this past week in sports. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals. Call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, a sports talk radio program with a faith-based perspective. Beyond the Game is recorded in Rochester, New York. But regardless of where you are, you can listen to the podcast by visiting our website, btgprogram.com. You can also find it on iTunes and other podcast sources like Google Play. Zach, one of my favorite segments of this show is shenanigans, so take it away, my friend. All right. Cubs rookie infielder David Boat hit a walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the ninth on Sunday night. The following day, he issued an apology to all the fans who were mad because he had flipped his bat after hitting the game winner. Truth or shenanigans, David Boat did not need to apologize for his bat flip. Yeah, I agree. He didn't need to do that, but what did it hurt? He didn't need to apologize, but I don't know why it's become such uh, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a deal. People talking mm-hmm. about it, he didn't, shouldn't apologize, he doesn't need to apologize, and that might be true, but it did show to me that he wants to be a professional. He wants to go about his job in a professional manner, apologizing didn't hurt i agree as well he did not need to apologize for the bad flip it's it's a weird environment in sports right now it's been a bad week for the unwritten rules we'll get to the rest of it in a little bit but like we want these kids to play with passion and enthusiasm but we don't want them to celebrate we don't want them to be too excited about what they're doing you know like 
Here's a kid who's a rookie in his early 20s who just did a walk-off grand slam in the ninth inning. What every kid dreams about and pretends to do in their backyard from the time they're old enough to swing a wiffle ball bat. This kid did it. If he wants to flip his bat, flip his helmet, flip his shoes, take his shirt off, I don't care. Celebrate, have a good time, and enjoy that you're a professional baseball player. That's my opinion. And I agree. And I think I think it makes a difference if he does it once because he was excited or mm-hmm. if he makes a habit out of it right. and does it every time and it's become a bit of a showboat and you're showing people up. So I, I do think there's some difference there. Agreed. Sticking with the Cubs, on Tuesday, 37-year-old Cubs super utility man Ben Zobrist was ejected for the first time in his career. After home plate umpire Phil Cousy rang him up on a pitch out of the strike zone, Zobris told Cousy, that's why we want an electronic strike zone, and Cousy gave him the hook. Truth or shenanigans, these types of incidents are exactly why we will eventually have an electronic strike zone. What do you think, my man? I think we will, eventually. I think it's going to take way too long, way longer than it should, and I think we still are going to have a period of sort of feeling it out like what we've had with replay where we have it, but we're trying to figure out how to use it right. Um, Look, I just think that these types of incidents are way too frequent. I think that in an age where baseball is trying to cut down on the length of games, having guys arguing and getting ejected because of a bad call, you get that out of the game, your games will be quicker. And I just think in in an era where we have replay on TV and a second after the play, we can see that the umpire was wrong, you have to do something to fix the product. Yeah, I agree. And, and I've never really been in favor of electronic strike zone, but I've changed my position some time ago. Get it right. Well, you know, get it right. I realize that the new technology they show us on TV reveals a lot more that we used to just never know. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing maybe some of the er- errors that we didn't know were there before. But regardless, there's just way too many wrong calls. And to me, it seems increasingly that umpires mm-hmm. are not content to call the game. They seem to want to be part of the game. Mm-hmm. They seem to, uh, you know, they all have their nuances in how they make their strike calls. They throw guys out of the game before they even have a chance to to make their point, as, as in the case with Zobris. Look, I know he said something that uh, was probably unnecessary, but you're throwing a guy out. You're becoming part of the game. You're influencing the game. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a major part of the team. Yeah, you know, you're throwing him out for what I think is kind of a, a small thing, you know, a small mm-hmm. comment. I, I, fans want to see Ben Zobrist. Chances are, Ben's going to apologize a little later in the game. Hey, man, I shouldn't have said that. But you gave gave him the hook before he even had a chance. He's mm-hmm. frustrated in the moment. He said something. You got to have thicker skin than that as your umpire. Yeah, I'm in favor of an electronic strike zone. Sticking with baseball, Miami Marlins pitcher Jose Ureña purposely hit Braves phenom Ronald Acuna with a pitch leading off the game on Wednesday because Acuna had destroyed Marlins pitching the previous day. Many people, including Mets broadcaster Keith Hernandez, have said following the incident, this was the right thing to do because you can't let a hitter get too comfortable against you. Truth or shenanigans, it's okay to throw at a hitter who is on a hot streak against you. No, shenanigans. I I believe in throwing inside. I believe at times you have to make a guy uncomfortable. You have to back him off the plate. As a result, guys are going to get hit from time to time. So obviously you need to be careful about pitching inside. But hitting a guy intentionally is not okay. And guys like Keith Hernandez, look, I heard what he said on a number of outlets. Uh, I read it on social media. Some Met fans have tried to defend him and say it was taken out of context. But 
I have a hard time believing that. It, he yeah. said what he said, and, and it was a dumb thing. And I just – there's a lot of people out there. This was a topic on a lot of sports shows who – are compensating for some insecurity in their life and want to <laughs> seem tough and talk tough and no, oh, that's old school baseball. Hit them. That's you know that's what that's what you get them out of the game. And look, I get it. Hitting a guy is less than less pitches than walking them. So, but if you're going to do that, do that with a, with a much milder pitch. Do that. You know, hip down. Uh, there's places to do that. But I don't agree with that anyway. Look, the guy's beating you up. He's he's Pitch him better. He's better than you. I say shenanigans as well. It's never okay to throw at a hitter for anything. But especially, he's young and he's good. And that's why you're throwing at this guy, because he's better than you? That's ridiculous. You know, look, if you want to be jealous or you have a problem with the fact that you can't get the guy out, signal for the intentional walk. You know, do something like that. To throw at a kid simply because he's better than you is ridiculous. Oh, a- Absolutely. There you have it for this week's shenanigans. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. From our studio in Rochester, New York, welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. Sports talk without the trash talk, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Had to laugh a little, not only about the tweet you sent out some time ago suggesting that the Mets might be thinking that the root cause of all their problems was an over-dependency on analytics. <laughs> only the Mets. Only the Mets. But then some comments Jason Worth made about how baseball seemingly be, has become more and more of a data-driven game. Jason Worth said this, they've got all these super nerds, as I call them, in the front office that knowing nothing about baseball – but they like to project numbers and project players. I think it's killing the game. It's to the point where they should just put computers out there, just put laptops and what have you. Just put them out there and let them play. We don't even need to go out there anymore. It's a joke. As far as Mets go, we know they are going to have a new general manager this offseason. A recent article in the New York Post suggested that they may be looking for a guy who, like you say, is going to go in the opposite direction of analytics. They think maybe they have relied too heavily on them. And I wonder if we're starting to see this like BG effect happening in, in baseball. Those of you old enough to remember the 70s, the great disco era, remember the BGs were everywhere. They were the hottest ticket around. They were red hot, had a string of hits. And then all of a sudden, it seemed that because of oversaturation, 
Everybody turned on him. Nobody liked the Bee Gees. Nobody liked disco anymore. They, they, they were immensely talented. They really were, which, of course, led to them having somewhat of a resurgence years later, but they never did reach the heights that they once once had reached. And just like that, it's almost like we're seeing a little bit of backlash against analytics because they're just they're just everywhere. And old school baseball is sort of getting pushed to the side because all we're hearing is analytics, analytics, analytics. And it's turning some people off, in my opinion. You're an analytics guy. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think? Um, I think that what's at the root of it is that there's a lot of people who have been in the game for decades, a lot of people who have spent their whole life in organized baseball, and they think they've got a pretty good handle on it. They have a lot of experience in the game. They know what they're looking at when they watch a game. And then here comes somebody that's half their age with a college education that says, actually... I can plug some numbers into my computer and I can tell you how well this player is going to do and how poorly this player is going to do based on a predictive model. And here's these guys who have been in the game their whole lives, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, that say, well, wait a minute. Uh, what about guys like me who know what we're doing? And they there's this disconnect between the generations, I think. And uh, in some organizations like, for example, the Pirates and in Oakland, they've been able to bridge that gap and connect the old school guys with the new school guys. Obviously, in some other organizations, they really have struggled to do that. I think that's exactly the success where it's going to come from is when you're able to balance. You take a guy like Jason Worth. He was a terrific baseball player and never really, though, all that efficient. He hit 200 and some home runs, but he only batted 267. And while that's not terrible, you know, he, maybe if people weren't pushing him, those super nerds, as he calls them, pushing him to hit more home runs, Maybe he could have hit for a higher average and stuck around a little longer. And who knows? Maybe he'll be back again. I have no idea. But I've always been about a healthy balance. That's how I've kept in such good shape all my life, you know, eating a healthy balance of fruits and vegetables and garbage plates and barbecue and Chinese takeout. I would think the Mets would want a GM that, uh, old school or not, is willing to weigh out uh, as you say, balance the two, a nice blend of analytics, but some old school scouting and giving a manager the freedom to go with a hunch, you know, as as Joe Torre was legendary at being able mm-hmm. to do during that great run he had with the New York Yankees. There were times of watching the Avengers Infinity War. We saw that movie together. I found myself feeling for Thanos, you know. Uh, I, sure, he was the biggest punk on the block, but it, you, at times you kind of felt for him because he believed in his convictions. You know, here's a guy mm-hmm. that's just convinced he's doing the right thing. And um, sometimes people disagree with you or sometimes they're, they're not going to accept another way to do things because they're so convinced that their way is best. Some of those old school baseball guys will never accept analytics because they just think their way is best. They're convinced that that snap is going to do good instead instead of harm there are times though when backing down because somebody else has another way is not the thing to do consider when jesus said in john chapter 14 verse 6 that i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me in our society obviously there's no shortage of opinions on how to get to heaven yet jesus says it is only through him and despite how well-meaning somebody is or how um kind they are in their presentation the fact of the matter is they're they're just wrong and as many of you know when you take that stance people are not generally going to respond well whatever do you mean 
that there are not multiple ways. How can you be so narrow-minded? I'm sure you've heard those. Mm -hmm. When you're holding to godly values and you're sharing biblical teaching, there's going to be pushback. There just is. That's not the time to get prideful. It's not the time to go on the attack. It's the time to seek God in prayer, realizing that it's a spiritual battle that you're in. I, I find it very interesting that criticism, pushback, uh, resistance, rejection cause so many to stop sharing their beliefs or to walk away from ministry, walk away from the church altogether. And you think about what Jesus did when he faced criticism. Well, he just kept going. You know, he faced it to a much greater extreme than you and I probably ever will or ever have. And he remained firm, stood his ground to the point where he gave his life for those who would believe on him. He didn't attack back in pride. He just stood firm with a love so strong that he gave his life on the cross. First John 3.16 says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Look, it's okay to have a disagreement. Then remember, when you do that, stand on the word of God. Don't stand on your feelings. Don't stand on what it is you think is right, but stand on what God teaches is right. When God has given you conviction and you express it, expect pushback. It's going to come. Handle it with grace and love, especially when it comes from other believers. John thirteen thirty five says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So whether you subscribe to baseball analytics or you prefer the ways of the old school baseball scouts, maybe you subscribe to the thinking that modern choruses and worship music are the best way to praise God, or maybe you prefer the old school hymns. There are a number of different ways to go about something. And apart from doctrinal truths, apart from doctrinal truths found in the Bible, those differences and that variety is what makes the world great. Embrace it. Maybe you can even learn something from it. Find a healthy balance that you can live with. We're running out of time, so let's share what it is that we like this week. Proverbs 12.10 says, A righteous man has regard for the life of his animal, but even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. What I like this week is the story about a little puppy named Sunshine. Sunshine was discovered at a county fair in Mississippi, covered in fleas and parasites. A little dog showed signs of having been tied up too tightly, maybe even kept in a garbage bag for a while. There are suspicions that she was maybe kept by one or even more of the carnies. On that particular day, however, staff from the Animal Rescue Fund of Mississippi happened to be at the fair and found the dog. They got the puppy food, medical treatment, and began searching for a foster home. Enter one Peyton Manning and his family who happened upon the dog and absolutely fell in love. Sunshine now has a new family, having been officially adopt, adopted by the Mannings. The response by the Animal Rescue Fund of Mississippi and the open hearts of the Peyton Manning family are what I like, you like this week. What like I like this week are some news that came out of Denver, courtesy of Broncos president John Elway, which is the news that the Broncos had apparently offered Colin Kaepernick a contract and he turned them down. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of hearing Kaepernick in the news constantly and all the speculation about whether he's being blackballed. The fact that he was offered a contract and turned it down, maybe that will finally put an end to that and keep him out of our news cycle. You like that? You like that? This has been the Beyond the Game program. Glad you could be with us for this week's show. Check out Myths and Mysteries. Zach Barletta, his brother Spencer, put a ton of work in to share with you some of the interesting stories. You won't be disappointed. Check out their website, mythandmysteriespod.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Join us again next week for the Beyond the Game program. Lord willing, we'll be back together again 
right here at this same time. And I am searching Zach for that take us out bumper. And there it is. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody.